All right. Hi, everybody. Dr. Hashem Hasabala here. We're talking about hypoxic respiratory failure in the latest episode of Lectures from the ICU. All right. So why do we have blood? Why do we have blood? So she says circulate oxygen. What do you say? Why do we have blood? What's what's blood for? To deliver oxygen, right? So the blood is to deliver oxygen. So that's that's exactly right. So you can actually calculate calculate, excuse me, oxygen delivery. You can, like you can you can get a number of how much the oxygen is delivered to the, to the tissues. There's a whole equation. So the oxygen delivery equation is cardiac output multiplied by the oxygen content of arterial blood. Okay. Um, so what's, what's cardiac output? It's heart rate times stroke volume, right? So it's heart rate multiplied by stroke volume. Anybody know what the oxygen content of arterial blood is what the form the formula is. That's fine. Pulmonologists, yeah, yeah. So it's it's one point three six multiplied by hemoglobin, multiplied by the oxygen saturation plus point zero zero three times the PaO two. One point three six is the number of milliliters per gram milliliters of oxygen per gram of hemoglobin. That's just how many cc's of oxygen a gram of hemoglobin holds. Okay, multiply by the hemoglobin, multiply by the oxygen saturation plus 0 0.003 times the PaO2. That 0 0.003 times the PaO2 is dissolved oxygen in arterial blood. At sea level, on room air, dissolved oxygen is negligible. We don't care about it. So the main determinants of oxygen delivery, given a fixed cardiac output, is hemoglobin and oxygen saturation. Okay, so we know our hemoglobin. You know how we can measure hemoglobin. Where do we get oxygen saturation from? How do we find oxygen saturation? Don't say pulse ox. That's, that's, that's not it. It's, it's from the curve. Remember the hemoglobin oxygen dis dissociation curve? Remember that? That's where it comes from. The hemoglobin oxygen dissociation curve um, uh, graphs PaO2 versus SaO2. Okay? Once you're, typically, when your PO2 is 60, your saturation typically is 90. Once you're at 90, you're on the flat part of the curve. Remember, this is called a hyperbola. In math, hyperbola have an asymptote. It'll never get to the asymptote. So once you're here, moving further down the plateau doesn't matter. Whether your set's 93, 94, 99, 98, 97, doesn't matter. Once you're above 90, you're safe. And most of the time, when you're above 88, you're safe. The danger is this steep part of the curve here the danger of that part of the curve is because very small changes in PO2 have dramatic changes in SAO2. Very like 10 millimeter mercury on this steep part of the curve 
can cause a 50% drop, for example, of in PaO2, and uh, in, in, uh, I mean SaO2. Now, remember, oxygen delivery is determined by SaO2 and hemoglobin. A 50% drop in SaO2 is very, very significant. So, be, once it's above 90, and for me, 88, who cares what it is? If it's 93, 94, 95, it doesn't matter. So, but the whole thing is PaO2 on sea level, at room air, on room air at sea level, is who care? Is, is who, who, I don't care. And remember how the curve shifts to the right and the left? Remember when they're, you know, the, remember what makes the curve shift to the right and shift to the left? So what makes the curve shift to the right is acidosis, you know, uh, uh, hypoxia, or all these things, mainly acidosis. Makes the, sh the curve shift to the left, alkalosis, carbon monoxide, all those things make the curve shift to the left. What that means is the affinity of hemoglobin for oxygen changes. When you're acidotic, the affinity of hemoglobin for oxygen is less. So, ox so hemoglobin wants to give off oxygen more, it's much more easily. Okay? Which means that you need a higher PaO2 in acidosis to get, to get the same saturation. That makes sense. If you're acidotic, if your lactic acid is 11, okay, and your pH is 7.0, you want hemoglobin to give oxygen to the tissues. Okay? Alkalosis is the other way around. Now, oxygen, uh, hemoglobin bounds much more tightly, binds much more tightly to oxygen. That's bad. If you're sick, that's that's bad. So in uh, carbon monoxide, carboxyhemoglobin really holds on to oxygen. And so the, to the tissues become become hypoxic. But so given the patient's current situation, a given PO2 can give a saturation of 88 in one moment, and in an hour later, the same PO2 can give a saturation of 95, depending on what, what we do to the patient. So I don't care about PO2. I don't care about who cares about PO2. Long as the so when you call me and say, Doc, the PO2 is 53, my next question is going to be, what? No. What's the saturation? Anytime you call me with a critical PO2, I'm going to say, what's the sat? Because it'll 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 flash red. PO2 is 45. Danger! Oh my God, we're going to die. What's the saturation? 91. Oh, okay. I don't care. I don't care what the PO2 is. Now, PO2, there is one time where PO2 matters. When, when would that be? There's one time. When, when do you think PO2 matters? So in carbon monoxide poisoning, PO2 matters. When you have somebody that comes in, for example, you have a family... A lot of them come in with mental status change because they heating their home with their stove in the kitchen. What do you think they have? Carbon monoxide poisoning. If you are, if you have severely high enough carb carboxyhemoglobin, what do we do? And they have mental status change and everything like that. What's the treatment? Oxygen is treatment, but what what, what sometimes we do? We do hyperbaric oxygen. What are we doing in hyperbaric oxygen? 
we are dissolving oxygen in the blood. So now the PaO2 matters because I'm increasing the, uh, that's why I kept saying at sea level, at sea level, at sea level, because atmospheric pressure at sea level is normal. But, it, but in a hyperbaric chamber, we're going to four atmospheres, five atmospheres. Now I'm driving oxygen into the blood. Okay? I'm driving oxygen into the blood and um, then it matters. But at a room air, at sea level, at sea level, I don't care what PO2 is. So whenever you get a blood gas and you want to re report it to me, you look at the PO2. Yeah, you have to report the critical PO2. But what's the, the most, the clinician has to ask, what's your saturation? If it's 86, 88, 84, 83, yeah, then you have to intervene. But if it's 91, if the PO2 is 50 and the saturation is 91, it doesn't matter. Because you're on the safe part of the curve. Questions. Bottom line is, what matters to oxygen saturation, uh, oxygen delivery is hemoglobin and saturation, not PO2. Now, there is something called the PF ratio. It, even if the PO2, say, is 100, okay, a PO2 of 100 on 100% FiO2 is very bad. That's severe hypoxia because of what's called the PF ratio. The PF ratio is PaO2 over FiO2, okay? If it's more than 300, you should be okay. Between 200 and 300 is mild, this is, this is the definition for ARDS, is mild hypoxia. Between 100 and 200 is moderate hypoxia, and less than 100 is severe hypoxia. According to the alveolar gas equation, okay, the alveolar gas equation is FiO2 multiplied by... Um, 760 minus 47, okay, minus the PCO2 over the respiratory quotient. All the normal at, at on room air, the, the the alveolar oxygen gas should be 100 on room air with a normal PCO2 and a normal respiratory quotient. Okay, so at room air, the maximum PO2 you should have is a 100. So if I tell you, hey, hey, go and get a blood gas on, on room 17 uh, off of oxygen. Sure, doctor. And then you go and you forget to take the oxygen off. And you draw the blood gas, and it comes back, and the PO2 is 125. And I say, was that a room air? Oh, totally. 100%, doc. I know you're lying. Because of the alveolar gas equation. Because I know that maximum PO2 with no AA gradient is 100. Okay, so a PF ratio of 100 on room air is 100 divided by 0.21. That's five. That's five, five, 500. That's great, right? But a, but if a, but a PF but a PO2 of 100 on 100% FO2 is a PF ratio of 100. That's very bad, right? So the, so the the PF ratio will tell me, yeah, they're they're not they're not they're the the saturation may be okay, but they're still very hypoxic. Which is important to know, especially in ARDS, pneumonia, PE. If you know, if somebody comes in clear chest X-ray, but their P, but their PO2 is 55 on room air, why? 
that makes you think of pulmonary embolism, right? Or they have ARDS and you, you think, okay, I'm okay, the saturation is 92, but they're still very, very sick. So that's where the PF ratio comes in. But in general, PO2 doesn't matter to oxygen delivery. So when you get a blood gas, don't panic. Like rule number one in the, in the ICU, don't panic about a low PO2. Oh, wow. Especially if the saturation is above 90%, even 88%. That's, that's the key of this whole thing is that PO2 does not matter. On room, at sea level, on room air, PO2 doesn't matter. It's not a determinant of oxygen delivery. Hemoglobin is, and now, if you, so if you look at this, this, this equation here, what happens if you suddenly drop hemoglobin? Say you're bleeding, and you suddenly drop your hemoglobin. What's the first thing that happens hemodynamically? You're going to compensate how? Heart rate. They become tachycardic. They become tachycardic because of this. Now suddenly your hemoglobin goes down from 15 to 8. To maintain a constant oxygen delivery, you got to increase cardiac output. What happens is the stroke volume goes down, so the heart rate goes up. So that, that's the first indication of a hemodynamic compromise. Frequently, very frequently, is tachycardia. Sinus tachycardia. And the reason that is, is because of the, because of the oxygen delivery equation. <laughs> so now you understand why the first thing is tachycardia. PE, not necessarily because PE, the, the interaction of the clot with the heart can sometimes cause a reflex tachycardia. It may not, still be, maybe not, it may not necessarily be because of saturation because you'll find that. You'll measure it and you'll see. But there, there also may be an element of tachycardia because they're, now the SAO2 is down and now they're trying to compensate by increasing your heart rate. Same kind of thing. But, but that's, this is why. This is why. And if you look at any chart of oxygen delivery and hemodynamics, PO2 has nothing to, it's not even there. Because at sea level, it's dissolved oxygen is minimal. It, it doesn't matter. No, that's a great question. The question is what, how about at high altitude? Well, you are hypoxic in high altitude, but why is that? Why are you hypoxic in high altitude? What's the, what's the FiO2 of room air in Colorado? What's the FiO2 room air here? No. Oh. <laughs> nope. The FiO2 at room air at sea level is 21%. The FiO2 at room air in Colorado is 21%. Why are you hypoxic in Colorado? Why are you hypoxic in the in the, 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 the top of Mount, of Mount Everest? At room air is 21%. Earth, Earth has 21% oxygen. Earth. All of Earth. Doesn't matter where you are. But you are definitely hypoxic in the mountains. Why? It's in the alveolar gas equation. You are hypoxic in the mountains because atmospheric pressure is not 760. It's a lot lower. So your maximum alveolar oxygen concentration, the partial pressure of oxygen in alveolus in the mountains is less than 100. That's why you're hypoxic. So it's not because there's less oxygen in the air. It's a very common misconception that there's less oxygen. Nope. There's the same amount of oxygen in the air. But in the mountains, you are, there is less atmospheric pressure, so your alveolar concentration of oxygen goes down. It goes down. And so that's why you're hypoxic in the, in, the, in the mountains. There, PO2 does matter. Because your maximum PO2 
it's not going to be 100. It's going to be what you know, whatever the calculation is, up there in the mountains in Colorado or Mount, or Mount Everest. I, I can't remember, but sometimes your your maximum PO2 is like I I, I don't want to guess. Much lo- much 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 lower. You, you can you can count cal- you can calculate it from the alveolar gas equation, from the alveolar gas equation. You can cal- you can calculate it. That's why you're hypoxic in the mountains. Not because there's less oxygen. There's less atmospheric pressure in the mountains. So this is all first-year physiology. If you remember this, you don't harm patients. If you forget this, you may harm patients because then you don't understand. You may give someone oxygen because of a low PO2, even though their saturation is fine. That doesn't mean you shouldn't look to see why. Someone who comes in with a clear chest x-ray should not be hypoxic. Who has no lung disease, a healthy, a healthy person should not come into the hospital hypoxic. That doesn't mean that I have to slam them with oxygen if their PO2 is 63 on room air. That doesn't mean they need they need oxygen, even though on the on the blood gas the number is red. Okay, so one thing a PF ratio of 63 or a PF ratio of it would be 300, okay, on uh, or or 250 on someone with no lung disease uh, coming in on room air. That's not normal. You should you should look for some. Why are they hypoxic? That doesn't mean you have to put them on BiPAP. And there's where knowing the physiology makes a big difference so that you don't harm patients. That's the key. And that's it. That's that's all. That's what that's what uh, that's my sermon on hypoxic respiratory.